Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're watching Peak to Pit, Allie Peak, TJ Pittinger, heading into week seven of the college football season. I would just like to note that I really am going to need it to slow down because how in the world are we going into week seven? Halfway done. Both teams have played six games. We'll do a little bit of midseason reevaluation here of where our teams are, what we think. But um, yeah, halfway done with the season. Both teams should make a bowl, though. So you do get that extra yeah. little cherry on top. I mean, I know the bowl's relatively meaningless these days, but at least you get, you know, to fake, get excited for um, a game. You know, so, I love bowl season. So don't you come at me with this bowls are meaningless crap. Dude, I used to love bowl season, but love bowl season. It used to be amazing, but not so much anymore. Um, no, but we're uh, six games in. Um, it's flying. The season's no longer new. I feel like once you get to like halfway through the year, the seasons you're like, okay, the season's just going at this point. Um, so we've learned a lot. We're halfway through. How do you want to start this thing? What do you want to talk about? Uh, well, let's, uh, let's talk about both of our games. We can, okay. uh, then we can preview what's, what's, uh, coming up down the pipeline for us. You are now four and two. We picked up our second quality loss against a ranked opponent. We are mirror images of Florida. Now we've got two ranked losses against ranked opponents. We we're proud of that. Um, Florida State's playing a tough schedule at this point in the month of October. It gets tougher this weekend, and we'll see uh, what ends up happening. You're, my hell month is about to turn into your hell month, though, so I'm very much interested. To I mean, we both guys. have very hard Octobers. Florida's yeah. had a harder schedule than Florida State up until this point, which, uh, you know, per the ranking system, I think Florida might have one of the very tough schedules in the country uh, this year, so that's not a knock on FSU. But uh, we're both heading into kind of the meat of our schedule. I want to talk, um, you know, both about Florida, Missouri and talk about Florida state NC state, which game do you want to start with? Uh, I'm good with either. Yeah. So based on like where you look at different rankings, um, you can kind of like see. So like, if you go to like power rankings, guru, mm -hmm. Florida States is actually a little bit ahead of where Florida's is. Uh, if you go to some of the Kevin Steele stuff, Florida's is just ahead of uh florida states if you go to literally just the uh there, there's actually a really fun one this teamrankings.com um florida's florida state's also a little bit ahead but i do think that florida is going to jump back ahead so like what that does is it does week by week well okay I so what florida i states, was looking at is florida overall state's gonna, for the year there are also yeah. websites that rank as know, it goes right like what you and, yeah. and stuff like that so but, i think florida will jump back ahead after their next three games um Florida State will probably take another leap this week playing a top five team. But yeah, I mean, I think to this point in the year, yeah, let's talk about NC State and then we'll okay. kind of talk, you know, so Missouri and go I watched picture. the first half of this game pretty intently, right? Then I started watching other stuff. What? You got tired and. Oh, well, I, I mean, I did get tired, but also they were closer games. Florida State was up. 19 or was it were you up 19 to 3 or 7 17 or 17 to 3, yeah. to three at halftime and honestly I thought this game was handled right so I started watching other you know other stuff paying attention to other stuff also partially sleeping that part's not a lie um woke up saw the very end of this I I, I mean 16 and 0 right in the second half is what is the little streak that NC State ran on there wow. But I don't – are you – do you question 
the calls at the end of the game, or do you understand why Norvell decided to uh, throw it instead of kick a field goal and, and just kind of like the play call that happened there? It was a bad throw, so I guess even if the uh, you know the play is there, it was the play wasn't made by Jordan Travis. But we're, I mean, I, I was I was kind of mind blown as to what was going on there. You're down no. by two with 38 you- seconds to go. Yeah, but you've also got a field goal kicker that though he had made one that night, would have Correct. been kicking the most pressure situation of the entire sure. year. And, and he's been terrible. Of, uh, you and, know. and he's been terrible all year, right? Right. Like really bad. And Florida State, really before this stretch, as much as we give him, you know, grief in the past, has had a really strong run of kickers from right. um, you know, starting even back with Janikowski going first round. Uh, you know, the Aguayo went second round. I know they didn't work out in the NFL, but he was fantastic. Um, Graham Gano had a huge NFL career. Hopkins had a long NFL. So like they've had a run. Actually uh, good way back in the day. Yeah. Maybe or Badia. Kicker you. Um, but like, no, I mean, like, State in pressure situations. Great kickers that go on to yeah. have NFL careers, but some reason well, they're I mean, generally against Miami. But, yeah. and a lot of that was in know, the 90s. But yeah, like, so I think a lot of it. Anyway. You know, for the last 20 years, it's been really good, right? But this year's been terrible. Like, Fitzgerald's been really, really bad. And so, no, I had no problem at all going for the touchdown there. Like, I think you go for – you go for the touchdown. Now, I think it was a bad pass. Like, I do think think that that's a problem, right? And so, to me, that – I don't have a problem with Norvell's call at all. Like, I think if you can get seven, you go get seven. Right. Sure. And, and especially with a kicker that's now, if we were on the two yard line and he did something like a double reverse or something, I'd be like, dude, what the I heck? Just, is he doing? I don't know. I would be at least trying to run the ball in that situation. I understand if a pass play is open, taking it, but it wasn't. So, so in the second half, in the second half, Florida State ran for 1.2 yards a carry. Oof. When their starting running back went out, yeah, they were terrible against the run. They were in a second and eight. Because they ran the ball to play before and it got stuck. Right. And the guy like so, but apart. weren't they on the twenty yard line with thirty eight seconds 20, to go? Twenty three yard line, so it would have made it a forty yard kick from there. Right. So there I were mean, other routes. Like there was a guy yeah. that was open running a, yeah. a seven yard out. So Jordan, so is it that the play guy. or did Jordan make the wrong read there? What do Say you? I mean, what was your question? I said, was it the play or did Jordan make the wrong read? What? Uh, yeah, so that play worked earlier in the game. We ran the same exact play for a touchdown to the same exact guy, Pittman, earlier. And, you know, Mike short, though. Could, like, I mean, this was basically like a, we're going to throw it up and hope our receiver comes down with it, yeah. but it's not he, like a 6-6 six, six receiver, he, you know. He went up and, yeah, I think, you know, fans have complained about that, right? Like, throw it to Wilson, and, and that doesn't happen. So I'm not saying you don't target Pittman. I'm just saying you're putting all your eggs in the basket, and if the play's there – you're hoping your receiver who is not particularly tall can come down with it. It just, I'm not saying it's a bad, it's a bad call for other times in the game. I just don't know that that's what I do at that moment, because if so, that doesn't work, the INT happens, which is what we right. saw happen. And so as a, as a quarterback though, you've got five, you've got five wide receivers. Right. Out, right? And right. so I have no problem with that route being one of five options because that specific route worked earlier in the game. Okay, There was a little bit of a different way the defense played that route. The -hmm. first time they were up in press coverage. So Pittman was able to get up into the receiver and make his way to the end zone. And the receiver and the defender was right on him into the game. The receiver, the defender was playing off by about 10 yards. I think Travis should have recognized that checked out of it. Or right. not made that his first read. He right. never looked away from Pittman. So I think there's blame on all three. I think there's blame on right. the coach. I think there's blame on the quarterback. And there's blame on the wide receiver. Looked mm-hmm. like there was a miscommunication where Pittman started to cut in and the pass went on the outside. Sure. So you're exactly right. Like if you're throwing that pass, it's you've got to be sure that you're sure that you're sure that you're sure that worst case, it's an incompletion, right? That's you, you the thing is that, the, like, in those pressure the, situations, I don't like painting yourself in a corner there, which is what that that play does. See, I, I disagree with that because there were four other guys that he could have thrown to. He never looked at another read. Right, right, back, but that's what I'm saying. Him going to that guy is what right, I have a problem try, with. Yeah. You don't leave yourself with any other options if try, that is right. where you're putting 
the ball. So I, and I and you your worst a, case scenario is bad. Your worst case I scenario you is meant, what happened. I thought you meant as a from a coaching perspective. No, I just so mean, I have I, no I, I mean make Yeah, I get it now. I get it. So I have no problem with no problem with Norvell calling that play. Because there were four other guys that we could have thrown that ball to. Right. And we made a bad decision to throw to one that wasn't going to catch it, right? Like right. that that you've got to be sure that you're sure that you're sure that you're going to complete it or just incomplete. Or if you're not going to complete it, you're going right. to incomplete it. And that's, so, I think that's where the bigger issue is. You have 38 seconds, right? If that falls incomplete, it's okay. It's third you and eight. Go it again. You, up, you know, right. it's not, this is not, this is so, not fourth down. It's not four seconds left on the clock. Like you, you have a tiny bit of time and you have the down. So, so he's got to get better there. He's got to yeah. make better decisions. And I think he yeah. will. Like, I think that's a, um, you know, you hate to have learning moments in losses, right? Like you, you had some learning moments in LSU yeah. when you were able to find a way to win. You had some learning moments in Louisville where you were able to find a way to win. It sucks to have those learning teachable moments in a loss. You'd much rather them come in a win. But yeah, I mean, I think you, you have to get better there. And there were a lot of them. Florida State absolutely pissed this game away. Like, it wasn't just that interception. It wasn't just the punter running across the line and kicking the ball. Like, it was, it was a lot of things that went wrong for Florida State in this that game. It did look like that. I don't understand the punter in that situation either, but go on. Yeah, but Florida State just, you know, I thought played well enough to win this game, especially defensively. Like, you hold, you know, if you if you take away First the – half for sure. And the second half too, they scored two field. They scored they scored on two field goals because of short fields. One yeah. because of the punt, and another because of a turnover. So like, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the second I mean, half. I always say, if you hold a team to twenty one points, your offense should be good enough yeah. to score more than. And that. again, they right. scored six because of what the offense get. You know, or right. the special teams, or right. whatever, you know, however you want to look at that. And so, I mean, really, they you know held NC State to even less than nineteen. So right. I didn't think this was on the defense at all. You know, yeah, uh, I thought that. The offense really, really struggled in the second half. Like any one score in the second half would have won the game, and they couldn't right. find a way to get that done. You know, they suffered a ton from drops. There were like five drops on the game um, that were really disappointing. The wide receivers had kind of been a strength of the team, and um, yeah, they they got they they were let down by several in several areas. Right, like the wide receivers dropped too many passes. The quarterback wasn't sharp and made a couple of fatal errors. The punter cost you 70 yards of field position. If he punched that ball right behind the line of the scrimmage, it rolled down to the 15. And NC State wasn't really moving the ball with that backup quarterback. I mean, so, you know, you take three points off the board right there, right? And so, yeah, I think that, you know, kind of all over, there's a ton of blame to go around. And Florida State had a massive opportunity to steal a game that they really shouldn't have. I don't even want to say shouldn't have. I mean, I thought they played really well in the game until they really, like, last quarter just went complete bonehead. But, you know, it's frustrating to see a loss. I think, you know, the perspective is, the the big picture is, you kind of already counted that game as a loss, right? Like, you expected to go on the road and lose that game. And so it's frustrating to not have capitalized on an opportunity. But as much as you can be frustrated about the way that Saturday night went, you can also step back from it and say, hey, like, nobody expected us to be 4-2 and two at this point. And so right. I think that's where you kind of have to play both sides of the coin and you can be frustrated with the that's loss. That's where you get your moral victory from. I mean, I don't even know if that's a moral victory. You've had four, <laughs> four actual victories, right? Like you, you can be frustrated with the loss and say like, Hey, we really let an opportunity slip away, but that's where you kind of can turn things around and say like, Hey, season's not over, right? We're still four and two at this point. Right. Um, still have every opportunity in front of us, even with a tough Clemson coming in to, I mean, they can, you know, they can and should win most of the games left on their schedule after Clemson, right? And so we'll see what ends up happening in each of them. But they're going to be right there in every single one of them. Nobody left on the schedule is just some, you know, Clemson would beat every team left on the schedule, right? And I think pretty handily, right? And so I think you can look at the rest of it and say, hey, no matter what happens this weekend, which we'll talk about the Clemson game in a minute, you've got an opportunity in front of you to have a bye week, Try and get healthy and see what you can do down the stretch, you know, against teams that are significant. Like, there are no ranked teams left, right? By the time you play them, you see what yeah. happens. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it's both sides, but they did. They missed a massive opportunity on Saturday night to, like I said, nobody even had them at four and two. So, I'd still say they're slightly ahead of schedule of what we all kind of thought. Like, we all kind of thought three and three at this point. Um, so, they're ahead of that. 
they had a chance to put themselves even further ahead of schedule right. and be five and one. And so that's what's disappointing, right? Nobody, if I'd have told you at the beginning of the year, hey, Florida State's gonna lose to NC State by two in Raleigh, like, oh well, they that sounds pretty good. Like, you know, they played really, yeah, they must have been played really close. You know, they're better than we thought they were, right? Because if you had asked me before the year, I'd be like, ah, they'd probably be just about like 10 or so. Like, we probably yeah. won't be in that game. But when you lose it the way you lose it, you're like, huh. That was not good. <laughs> that was not a good way to lose a game. So, um, so anyway, we'll see going forward and, and you know, what they look like down the stretch and what they can do against Clemson this weekend. But you guys played Missouri. We did. Mm-hmm. An- another. Okay. So, yeah, actually, I won't. I'll let you go. What right. thoughts on so, the Missouri game last weekend? Um, so, Florida won 24-17. Um, truly at the beginning of uh, – in the first quarter, I really felt like Florida, okay, Florida's going to put this one away. Like this is not where we are not going to be in a game where down to the last second, we're not sure what's going to happen. Um, they kind of <laughs> let me down in that aspect. Um, I mean, truly, it never really felt like Missouri was going to win, but it also never really felt like Florida could get over the hump and just put it away, you know, for good. If that, uh, if that makes sense. Um, defense was, I would say, maybe a little bit better than they've been. Still, you know, far from the Florida defense that we have come accustomed to over the last, you know, couple of decades. It is not. The defense Florida. was really good. The, they the were, they were better net, than they've been. They, they weren't were net. Yeah, they won you guys the game. They went net 10 points. They gave yeah, up 17 they did, I mean, and they Jaden Hill, this is his yeah. first game back. He had a knee injury last year. Um, he had two interceptions. It was way better than the four. offense was. It it was better than the offense was, but it was not great. It's it's hard to watch uh, third down, and it's you know it's been hard to watch third down for Florida for you know the last couple of years. That's how the saying third and Grantham came up. Um, this is not really a new trend for Florida, but they have a hard time getting off the field on third down. I don't love to see it. Uh, Jaden Hill, though, you know, props to him. Like I said, came back from that knee injury, two interceptions, one of them for a score. Uh, he had seven tackles himself. That's the kind of you know production that Florida needs. Ventral Miller is Florida's defense. If he is on the field, Florida is better. He's probably, honestly, uh, he is up there with Richardson for this and maybe even surpasses Richardson in my book for the single most important player on the field at any given time. Florida's defense is much much worse when Ventrell Miller is not on the, on the field. I think Ventrell Miller is that's a that's a great take by you and I don't even think that that's a question. I think he is more important to Florida than Anthony Richardson is right now. I mean, I don't think that's a hot take. I, I don't know that I that it's a hot take. I I just I'm saying I mean, it's not. I think I think he is more important. 11 tackles, two tackles for a loss. He had that uh He almost know. had as many tackles as Richardson has yards on Saturday. <laughs> I mean, Richardson didn't have a lot of yards. And in the first half, Florida did not do a great job on the ground rushing, which is, you know, also concerning because that's Florida's bread and butter for their offense when the the passing isn't happening, when the wide receivers aren't catching balls, when Richardson's not doesn't have touch. We've been able to rely on uh the the rushing yards, which weren't there in the first half. The second half, Florida was able to move the ball on the ground a little bit more. So that's you know, and that that's good. That is necessary for Florida's op- offense to keep trucking. Hopefully Richardson realizes even in an off day, it's Florida can still pull out a victory. They, you know, they did, they did enough to win. Was it pretty? No. Is it their first SEC win? Yep. We'll take it. Right. And Missouri is a team that we Florida- now have the same number of SEC wins. We have the same number of SEC wins. <laughs> uh, Florida is, um, uh, a team Florida does not play Missouri well. They just really haven't. Um, and so I'm glad to kind of have this monkey offer back, right? Like, let's move on. It's a new day. It's LSU week. I I think that what we're learning about this team is that they're gritty, right? I don't. This isn't the talent level that Florida wants long term. This isn't the win loss ratio that Florida expects long term but this is a gritty team who doesn't give up who gives it their all makes mistakes but continues to fight and i think that those that's an improvement from last year you know it it's not pretty but it is better than last year so i think that they're moving in a positive direction maybe it's not at the speed that some people 
would like to see, but it's year one. And I think this is what progress looks like for Florida right now. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's tough because it's really tough to evaluate UF against, you know, Missouri, who is a, a pretty bad team and, and Florida. I mean, this is a team that, that played Georgia down to the wire last week. So do I think they're great? No. Do I think they're capable of having good moments? Obviously, you know, and, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I I don't think they're great. I mean, if you're asking, no, I don't me, think though. they're great like, either. I'm, well, you know. not, but I don't think I don't think they're great. I don't. I'm so not saying they're great. I think the, I think, think the tests. I think the tests get obviously significantly harder for sure. Anthony Richardson has to, of Florida's October and, games. And I think that if you're if you're Florida, like you're coming to a point in the schedule where you, you know, your starting quarterback can't throw. And I know I made a little joke about it earlier. Your starting quarterback can't throw for sixty six yards, and you expect right. To Right. You, right. You've got to be less one dimensional sure. and against bad teams like Missouri against two and four teams. You can just run the ball every play you know, and, I, and that'll be fine. You, I don't think you can do that against Georgia. I don't think you can do no, that against Texas a and no. I don't think can you can you do that do against, it against really good teams. No, I don't think Missouri is a really bad team. Honestly, I think they're, an they're okay the best team. two, best two and I four think, team in America. I think they're an okay team. I think that they're they a bad are, team. they got blown out by Kansas state. Like they're not even losing. Like, I think they. I think Georgia played down. I mean, do you think if they played Georgia again right now, that would be a close game after seeing what Georgia did last week? I mean, but I saw what Georgia did the week before, so I don't. I think that's why you play the games, right? I think any given Saturday, do I'll I let think you Georgia? Spend, I'll I mean, let you spin a lot of things, but we're not spinning Missouri into being a, a good team here. I mean, they're two, you've been they're spinning, two and four. They're, you've they're been spinning lots of your teams, but I don't. They're not. They're like, not good. They're not, they're not good. terrible. They are somewhere in between a pretty average football team. Florida is barely an above average football team. So I don't I don't think that it's a stretch to be excited that they took care of their business. They've there's been lots of times they haven't taken care of business, not only this season, but last season as well. So I think you, you know, I you think it's fine to be happy with the win. No, no. Uh, yeah. I and think it's fine to be happy I mean, with the does, win. Does this make me change my records? No, but I think that there are definitely there was a possibility of Florida losing every game in October. So I is this the easy one in the easiest one in October? Absolutely, but yeah. it was one that was still a question mark. So it's checked off. They've you know yeah. they're moving. They're trying to in a be. Direction. It's fine to be happy with the win, but yeah. inflating Missouri into being a good team is wild to me. <laughs> I, I think you're you are so. Uh, over exaggerating what I'm what I'm saying about Missouri. Yeah. I'm not they're saying a, they're a great team. I just don't I think, think they're, they're also, I don't think they're a terrible team. Okay. I'll, I mean they're two and four. Like I said, they're they're two and four and their two wins are against the Louisiana Tech and Albaline Christian. Like they're not a good team. I'd say they're below average. Well I think that we'll see what happens the rest of the SEC uh schedule for them. I think we'll, they played we'll Georgia to the wire. They to played Auburn closely they I mean they have lost they have lost their games very closely against teams that should be better than them so you know so I think they'll I think they'll beat Vandy and then who knows what will happen with South Carolina but then they'll finish the year on a three-game losing streak to Kentucky Tennessee and Arkansas so they're gonna go at at very best they're gonna go five and seven they're just wishing they were in the ACC so that they could be competing for a, a division title right now if they were in the other side of the ACC, they might be, but uh, certainly not the side that we're in that has all the good teams. <laughs> Probably not um, that side, but the other side, sure. I just, um, I, I don't, I don't think they're as bad as you think that they are. I think that they play in a really hard conference, and they're a okay team. They're not some world beater. They are not better than LSU. They're not better than Texas A&M, and they're not better than Georgia. Like I already said, they're the weakest team that we play in October. But I yeah. still don't think that they're a weak team just in general. I'd say okay. below average. I think below average is fair for a two and fourteen. How far okay. below I, average can be? Who debated. you play makes all the difference in what your record is, though. That's uh, that's just silly. They, can, they, we're saying that two of, and four is the same across the board. It's not. I mean, Auburn's not good, by the way. Like that win against Auburn is not good. Like they're literally waiting for an excuse to fire their coach. But who you play does matter, and so that's what I'm well, talking about. Waiting for an excuse LSU. To fire LSU comes to town this weekend. Then you've got yeah. Georgia. And I honestly thought that I was getting really, really close to picking you guys against Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. But I think A&M may have figured some things out. And so 
I think if Florida is going to win one of these three games, I think it needs to be Saturday. Like, I, I don't want to call this game a must win because it's mm-hmm. year one. You got some easy games after it. But is it, a, is it a hot take for me to say that, like, this is as close to a must win, not for his job, not for anything like that, but just for public perception, public support, the fan base not going crazy? I this mean, is as close to a must win as Napier can get without it being a must win. Like, whatever one I mean, step down from a, le- a must win I is, think there's a lot of hype around this game. I think Florida hasn't beaten LSU in the last three years. But how important, uh, that, how that, important that, is this I, win? I don't, I, I don't. I honestly like, don't think it is. I, I, I want it. I think you guys lose the next two after this. I I think think that's totally possible. Florida goes on a three game losing streak. I don't think that that is really important or not important for anything. Do I prefer that it don't, that it doesn't happen? Absolutely. But I don't, I don't think that it impacts really anything one way or the other. I am. He's for sure not getting fired. No, and no, I I'm not moving. Let's, let's back up. Let's back up. Because if you're, guys, so listen, if you're going to say that, if you're going to say that again, I prefaced it with. I know you has did. Nothing to do with this job. But, in, right. but games that are like I don't want you to say that in five. or it's for recruiting purposes. I don't think that a three-game losing streak in games that most people predicted that Florida would. You don't lose. think it does anything to your fan base with the way you guys act? I mean, we have freaking fringe lunatics all over the place, so they could probably he could probably win ten games, and people would be upset about their not being. We're not being 12 and 0. So, I, I mean, I don't think that noise, like fringe noise in the system, does anything or means anything at this point. People are always going to find something to be mad about. There are people that have been mad every single game this entire season. That's just kind of the way this fan base is. It's not changing. But overall, not, perception with recruits, perceptions with the people that actually have an opinion on this, I don't think this matters one iota. For, for Napier's tenure at UF or for the recruiting class that he's bringing in. All that being said, I want to beat LSU. I don't like, I, I, I'm not going to be pumped with a loss. I don't like, I want Florida to, to play LSU hard and win. I think it's winnable. I think this is an LSU team that has gone kind of like this and I have no idea what we're going to get. I think that it's a rivalry. I think Florida hasn't beaten them in three years. I think that Napier coming from Louisiana probably wants this one more than, you know, maybe others on the schedule. I don't, I don't know, but I know that Florida hasn't played LSU at night in a few years. That's fun. Um, it's going to be as good an atmosphere as you're going to get in, in terms of a uh, home field advantage for Florida. So, you know, we'll see. I don't, I, it matters because every game matters, but I don't think that there's some like existential pressure on this situation. So shocker here. But I would disagree with that just a little bit. Of course. I think that, you know, if you if you lose this one, I mean, I think we all know that Georgia's going to win in Jacksonville, minus something crazy happening. And I really do think that Texas A&M finds a way to win. In fact, before the Alabama game, I thought you guys had a better chance at that A&M game. But I think I've swayed back the other way. And I do think Florida has, you know, a very good chance to win this game. Like, I don't, I wouldn't say, I mean, I, I think LSU wins, but it's like 60 40 to me. Like, it's so close. Like, I, I'd lean you at uh, LSU just ahead. But if you drop, to me, if you drop these three, you're four and five, right? And you've got a, a guaranteed win against Vandy. And then you've got two pretty tough games against Florida State and South Carolina, right? Um, I just looked up the percentages. Florida is a 65% chance to beat South Carolina, and they're a 65% chance to lose at Florida State. So if you just say that both of those are essentially pretty close to coin flips, Florida drops either one of those, which there's a, there's a chance they don't, right? There's a chance they win all three of the games to end the year and go seven and five. But if they drop either one of those, Florida's not holding on to a top 10 class with a six and six record. Like, I'm just telling you that. Like, now they, I'm not saying they drop down to like 25 or something absurd. But they're not holding on to a top 10 class with a six and six record. Like that's just not happening. Um, and so I do think I do think I'm not shock. Yeah. I mean, we can write that down and talk about it when recruiting season happens and in February. But it's yeah, always recruiting season. Did you learn nothing from the last year? When, when the classes are finalized, we can talk about it. Um, yeah, I don't Florida's not gonna go six and six and hold on to a, a top ten class. Like they're just not gonna do Florida that. goes six and six. So I think but that's what I'm saying. If you if you go four and five by losing these three games, that's why I do think it's a big deal because you're this close to going six and six. Right. If you can 
go seven to five at the end. Maybe you hold on to a bottom, you know, nine, 10, 11 ish type class. Um, but yeah, I think that I do think it's important for Florida to find a way to win one of these three games. Yeah. Just like I thought it was important for Florida State to find a way to win one of these three games. And it doesn't look like they're going to. So they're going to need to be, to me, Florida State down the stretch is going to need to be nearly perfect. Like you lose to Clemson and you're four and three, you need to go four and one to finish the year so that you're at eight wins, right? right. For me, that's the same thing Florida needs to do. If yeah, they if they I, find a way, if they find a way to upset one of these three teams and they come out of the they're favored against LSU. So I don't think that's an upset, right? At least not in Vegas's eyes. Yeah. I mean, they're favored by less than three, which is basically right. just the home, home field, field advantage. advantage. Um, but they're favored. Yes, I mean, that's not, that is not an upset. Yeah. It's not an upset. According to Vegas, the matchup right. predictor on ESPN has it at about 63% LSU 62.8. So yeah. So by Vegas is two and a half points. It's not an upset. I don't know that you're really hanging on. Like, you know, you LSU comes in and wins. I don't think they're saying that's like some kind of crazy upset or anything right. um, at two points. But um, I don't think it's going to be considered an upset either way. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think right. that Florida. But you said if they upset one of these next three teams. Oh, sorry. So with, not- with, yeah, that's what I'm saying. This game is important because they'll need to go and upset somebody else if they're not able to win this game. Right. If they win this game, you think that AM is, is favored against them? Uh, I think AM will be favored at home against Florida. Yes. Even if even so, if Florida wins this game, I think AM will be favored. Um honestly, just based on what based on the fact that it's at Kyle Field, based on the fact that they played Alabama really, really well. Um, I think they'll pick up a, a win this weekend against South Carolina. We'll see what happens when they play Ole Miss the week before they play you guys. But yeah, I it may be close, but I think AM will be a three point favorite against you guys at home. I mean, and I don't think that that's an un, I don't think that's a wild take. Like, I don't, I mean, I think that there's, that's probably a good possibility in terms of what things, what final records do for recruiting uh, class final rankings. I think that Florida's record is going to have far less of an impact on their recruiting class than a third year coach, like, like Florida state. But I mean, really anybody um, will have on their on their class. I think that when you're Napier, you can sell, look, you can play immediately. You want to come in and make an immediate impact. Every look, six and six team can I sell that. Every no, single six and six team. Year, can sell that. that is a much harder sell than it is year one, because you're doing it with your own people that you put in place. You got a one to two year window where you can use the excuse that these aren't the guys to run your system, but you're the guy to run our system. Napier gets to take advantage of that for the next two years. And then after that, he'll live and die by his own guys and his own system. Uh, Norvell does not get the benefit of the doubt. You, I laugh at Florida state fans on Twitter who are saying things like, you know, yeah, it's not, you know, it's not the coach. It's not the coach. It's the players. The coach brought the players and it's the same. I, I mean, it's year three. At this point, these are your guys. Napier gets that little cushion where I think it has less an effect on your final roster. I mean, your your final uh, recruiting ranking. Well, six, so you think six and, six and six, they can have a top 10 class. I think Napier is still capable of pulling a top 10 class this year at six and six. I think it gets harder in year two if your record hasn't improved. And I think it's damn near impossible to have a record that's six or seven wins and finish with a top 10 class yeah, in year I, three. I, I think, think it be, is. I, I don't. Yeah. So we can just disagree there and that's fine. Yeah. Cause it's all hypothetical, but yeah, I don't, you know, you look at the top 10 right now, like in the recruiting rankings and you tell me that Napier is going to out recruit any of these 10 teams with a six and six record, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio state, Texas, Notre Dame, LSU, Clemson, Tennessee, all teams that are lighting it up right now, USC with their money. I just don't really foresee Florida out recruiting any of those teams that all, a lot of them are either very, very established programs. Like we were talking about Alabama, Georgia, Ohio Alabama, State. Georgia and Ohio state are gone. Clemson, a different plane right Clemson. now. I think Napier can hang with the rest of them. I, I do. I, yeah, I don't know. I think I don't that know that's the type of recruiter at. he is because I think that he's that good of a recruiter. And I hope we don't even have the opportunity to find out because Florida, yeah. I hope, doesn't have six 
I mean, to, to, but I, mean, I think he's a better recruiter than less, he's a better recruiter than Devil Sweeney. I mean, I I think he's probably as good as oh my goodness. All right, so you've got so what do you think? Do you think Florida does win? I mean, that I can't. Yeah, I can't. We can't go on if that's your take. He's probably as good of a recruiter as Dabo. Um, I don't even like Dabo, but come on. I like let's, Dabo, but give us give him time. He let's I give him time. Yes, that's, that would think... be my saying to you. Give it time. Don't put him ahead of Dabo Sweeney. Two national titles. How many top ten classes? And we're putting Napier on the he's same as level. Accomplished as a recruiter, I think that he is as capable. Oh my goodness! There's very on. different things. What he? I'm not comparing their resumes. I'm goodness. comparing their recruiting ability. I think he has the same recruiting ability, and I think we'll see that. But I don't think losing games this year is going to particularly hurt his class. I think it will continue to hurt his class further on in his tenure if the wins don't improve. But when he gets his guys in place, that you know, then we'll see. And I think that losses hurt Norvell much more this year than they hurt Napier. They just do. They hurt any three-year coach more than they hurt a year one coach. So I don't so I don't disagree with that theory. Like in that, like in 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 theory, I think at the end of the day, and what we haven't factored into any of this stuff. What we haven't factored in any of this stuff is like the way the NIL works with some of this stuff behind the scenes and how it certainly is um, moving some things around. But what I I'll agree with that in theory, but I also think that kids are just so like you and I have that perspective and that understanding. I don't know that 17 year olds really do. Like, I don't know that 17 year olds have that understanding as much to where if, if Mike Norvell was to find a way to, if we were to find a way to upset Clemson and finish the year nine and three and Florida was to go six and six, if there was a head to head battle, I don't care that Norvell's in year three. Like, I think that, they're going to win that battle because kids just say like, oh yeah, I'm going to go play for the winner. Right. Like if NIL, oh, if yeah, NIL I go to that game, the easier conference at one more game with worse facilities and less NIL money. I am. That sounds really enticing. Yeah. That's what I think. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I think that that matters. I think that winning matters. I think that winning, winning has always, winning has always mattered matters. in recruiting. Winning has always mattered in recruiting. And for you to say that a, t- a team could go six and six and still pull in a top 10 class or be just as good of a recruiter as Dabo Sweeney. When have you, when was the last time you saw a six and six team finish with a top 10 class? Like ever, but Napier just all of a sudden the first one to do that. Listen, he has a top he's 10 the first class. One to do I it. just don't he's, think that he's, he's that good. Lose his class. He has a top 10 class already. Have and you, you don't think anybody anybody's committing to that. If have they go six and six. Drop? I mean, they haven't, they're four and, they're four and two right now. They're, they're four and two. Right. But they have two losses. Did you see anybody drop after either of those losses? Yeah. I don't think teams, I don't think players, I mean, did you see anybody drop from Florida States after two losses? No, I think if you have six, I think if you have six or if we have six, then kids will drop. All right. Well, good news is we get to watch this in real time. The good news is Allie doesn't think that losing matters on this podcast. (laughs) No. Uh, Allie thinks losing matters less in year one than it matters in year three. I think it does, but it's not totally. Okay. So that's fair, but it's not totally negated. What you're saying is that we'll, what you're saying is that we'll have no impact. He has a top 10 class now. He doesn't have to work behind the scenes. He has a top 10 class now. He has a top 10 class now. And I think he he holds six. It will not matter at all. Losing will not matter for this recruiting I think he holds this class. Does that mean that he doesn't have to work overtime and and behind the scenes? I mean, probably he'll probably have to do that. But I think that he holds this class. So losing does not matter for this class is what you're saying. I think that he is a good enough recruiter that he will hold on to these kids regardless of what Florida's final record ends up being. And what what has you with the belief that he's that good of a recruiter? I, I think you can look at how he did at... Uh, Louisiana. I think you can look at the role that he played at Clemson, the role that he played at Alabama. I, I, you have a conversation with him. You talk to recruits and the conversations that they've had with him. I think that Florida went after a recruiter on purpose because they wanted the opposite of what they had the previous coaching tenure. So I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. Let's see it happen. Um, wild. Um, breaking news to the podcast, Billy Napier. Slightly ahead of Dabo Sweeney as far as a recruiter. Words in my mouth. I think he is as capable. 
I didn't say he was as accomplished. I didn't say their resumes were the same. I said, I think he's as capable. But he's not as good. I don't think that's right? a wild take. He's not as good. Do you think Billy Napier is I six mean, and six? Do you think Billy Napier at six and six can out recruit Dabo Sweeney at 11 and one? Probably not. Okay. So that's probably what Clemson's going this year. Okay. So he's, well, not, so he's not jumping ahead of Clemson. Okay. He doesn't need to jump ahead of Clemson. He just needs to not drop. He needs to jump ahead of some people. Well, people are going to be coming toward coming, the end. So they got some guys coming. So you think they beat LSU? Um, I think this is a, a toss-up game. I think they do beat LSU. I think it's close. I don't see over, a foresee a situation. Over under uh, on Anthony you know, Richardson. Over under on Anthony Richardson passing yards seventy-five and a half this year this week. You think he can God, get I over seventy-five and a half? God, I hope it's over. So here's a question. We disagree on the recruiting stuff, and that's fine. Did it seem like – what? okay, so it seemed like it was two things to me on Saturday and watching the game. Mm-hmm. It seemed like Billy Napier knew that he didn't have to pass to win, like he knew yeah. that he could avoid throwing the ball. Right. But at the same time, it also seemed like he just didn't didn't trust Richardson to go out there and, and make the, the best throws. So I think it was – to me, it seemed like a mix of both of those things. Like like anything in life, it's never all or one. But right. I mean, they only threw the ball 14 times. I mean, that's so, that's crazy to me. Um right. and again, running in the second half was working. I've got so I, I get yeah. that side too. Mm-hmm. But that's you know, against a um against a a team that you are definitively better than you're a 10 point favorite at home to not let him throw it all. I don't know. I just, to me, it seemed like, Hey, we just need to get out of here with a win. (laughs) Like we had 66 yards in an, like that is wild to me. You know, as much as, as much as he was touted in the Tennessee game, 500 all purpose yards, this kid had 66 yards passing. And like, you know, to not to pile on, but didn't like, 25 of it come on like one play. So it were really like 13 passes for like 40 yards is what we're talking about here. Like that's really bad. So thoughts on just Anthony Richardson in general and moving forward. Um, I'm not trying to pile on. You don't have to agree here, but I don't think I'm necessarily wrong on this one. So, I, I mean, I think Anthony Richardson played poorly. I think we've pl- seen him play poorly in about half of Florida's games this year. And we've seen him play good to great in the other half of them. Um, I think, I've heard that he's a little bit banged up. I don't know for a hundred percent sure that that is true. So this is not like breaking news or anything. Um, I think that when he is, does have tweaks, which we've heard about an ankle, you know, previously and things like that, I think it, you see it affect him. I think maybe more than men, more mentally than even physically. I also think it is like, okay, the running, the, the ball is working. Let's just go. He's clearly got an off day going on. Let's just go ahead and get out of here with the win, why risk it? You know, we saw um, the INT. We don't know whether or not the good Anthony Richardson or the bad Anthony Richardson is going to show up each week. And he really is wildly inconsistent. When he's good, he's he is one of the most athletic quarterbacks in the country. And when he's on, he's on. He's setting records that, you know, guys at Florida that, that played football you know, they played quarterback, a Tim Tebow, a Danny Warfel, like, you know, big name guys. Anthony Richardson is putting some numbers up similar to theirs when he's good. He is literally worse than Treon Harris when, when he's bad. And I just, he's inconsistent. I don't know that I know why, or I don't know that they know why he's inconsistent and, uh, but he is, but I do think that injury played a factor. I think that, um, or not injury, that's the, probably the wrong word, but banged up. And so like, hey, this is a team that we are better than. Let's just go ahead and get out. Um, but I, I mean, I it think- like, work It seemed like in some too. in some key moments, so Florida was up 10 nothing in driving. Yeah. And on a third and four, right, which four is medium, you can kind of say you can run or pass there. They ran the ball, right? right. And they only got a yard. So like to me, yeah. if you're going to run there, it means you're probably going for it on fourth down. They right. ended up attempting a field goal and missing it. Florida um, had some real but, field goal issues but, on Saturday to, as well. They to me, like, too. to me, to me, that's a that's a position that you put the ball in your best player's hands and, and let him yeah. make the play, right? right? Later in the game, 
Um, another missed field goal drive. There was a third and 13 from Missouri's 32. Yeah. And it was a designed quarterback run for two right. yards, right? Again, didn't really trust him to, to go out and, and make a play there. And so, yeah, I just thought that there were times where Florida, like, was, I mean, in, in Napier's big line is scare money, don't make money. But it's like they coach they coach him very conservatively at times. I think they coach him conservatively. I think they call the game somewhat conservatively. And I almost wonder if they underestimated how playing him conservatively, what that does to his mindset as well. Like I don't I don't know that Anthony Richardson has shown himself to be the most mentally tough guy on the field. And I don't know how it affects him when they're constant if they're constantly saying, like, okay, well, you know, we're gonna call this you know, conservatively, because we don't want you to get hurt or we don't want to, you know, whatever. And he said in, in previous press conferences, not from this game, that that he was concerned about getting hurt. And Napier has made comments to the effect of like, well, we basically have no one behind him. So, you know, we keep that in mind in every play. And I do think that that is has sometimes been to Florida's detriment and specifically Anthony Richardson's detriment. But I mean, he truly, he has been so good or so bad. There's really not a game where he's just been okay for the most part i mean that for i think he had like 46 yards in the first half and he was at negative rushing yards right but part of that also is that the gators running backs weren't able to get it done which then sets nothing up for him right they had 15 yards on 10 carries in the first half um that obviously switched it up in the second half the running game started to do a lot better but i we are better when anthony richardson is strong on the ground, right? When he, when they put the game in his hands, when he uses his feet, they are better, right? They, you see it on the fourth down conversion. You've seen it in multiple games this year. If they allow him to play to his strengths, he is a better quarterback. You try and keep him in this box and it's not pretty. It's been, it's been weird to watch the way that um, they coach him Mm -hmm. and they manage the game with him. I yeah. agree with you. You know, when when he's really good, he makes really impressive plays. Yeah. Um, really athletic plays. When he's bad, um, he's not. I mean, he's terrible. Like he's yeah. he's not a good quarterback um, right. at all. So it'll be interesting to see um, how LSU plays them. I will give a take on the LSU game. I think that they bounce back pretty significantly from the Tennessee game. I I think the worst thing that could have happened for Florida was LSU getting blown out by Tennessee. I agree with (laughs) that. I actually said that in the stands. I was like, this is not actually what we want to happen here. Because you know, honestly, you never want to play a team the week after coming off a loss. Yeah. Especially a loss, a humiliating loss like that. Um, At home. Yeah. I I think if, I think if Tennessee, if, if, if LSU loses like a heartbreaker, um, if LSU loses something like at the last second, uh, or you or go Tennessee, into overtime, they're just yeah, it's demoralizing. I, yeah. Yeah. LSU just, I mean, inflicted wound upon inflicted, wound, you know, turnover on right. downs. They had two turnovers on downs in a row. One of them deep inside Tennessee's territory. Um, right. another turnover on downs to end the, in the half. Um, they they were just a calamity of errors, interceptions, fumble, and I, I do think they bounce back pretty significantly. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's enough to win or not, but I do think Jaden Daniels has a pretty good game just because, like you said, Florida's defense, though I thought they were the best unit on the field on Saturday. They were the best I mean, unit on the field. I just don't know what that actually says. Um, yeah, I, think I will that, say, though, you I know, think that Daniels the- could go off and, and have a really good game. Um, he had 300 yards against Tennessee. I think that Tennessee and Florida have similar defenses, and you know he could have a big well, day. And Tennessee was a close game all the way through, so you would—I uh, mm-hmm. mean—but no. I, you know, okay. So this is my my take on this. So when we talk about Anthony Richardson and we say that he's been either really good or really bad, the one thing that we did see on Saturday that I don't really think we've seen uh, in any prior games is him start poorly. And then kind of improve in the second half. I feel like, you know, Kentucky, we see him have a great first half and then really tank into the second half. USF, he was just terrible the entire game. So I do think this is kind of the first time we've seen him be able to maybe pull himself out of this funk a little bit. I think that's, 
you know, a sign of improvement, but essentially you don't know who you're going to get. Right. I like when Anthony Richardson is on, I like Florida in a track meet against most teams because he is electric and they are capable of putting up points. I don't really know how many points the defense is capable of stopping um, routinely, although they were the better unit on the field. And I do think that we are seeing defensive improvement. I just think that the starting point is so much lower than Florida's defensive standard that it's very hard for us to watch. That doesn't mean that there isn't some growth going on there. And I do love that young guys are getting in and making an impact recording tackles, learning. I, I If if the defense is going to be garbage, give me all the freshmen and sophomores all day because I'd at least rather them be the ones making the mistakes and learning from it than an 87-year senior who is clearly not changing his ways. Um, but this is going to be a close one. It's going to be a great environment. It's Tom Petty night um, in the swamp, which is kind of cool. Um, you know, uh, the swamp at night is, is one of the cool – coolest venues in college football it's uh you know lsu is no stranger to crazy night games right their stadium is rocking at night so i don't know that i think that it will negatively affect lsu so much as i think it will positively help florida or could we'll um, see I think this anthony richardson fun. seems to get rattled at home sometimes in, yeah. in big, big games so we'll see what that does to him um We'll see. I, I, you know, I, I expect this game to be close. I don't think uh, I'm trying to think back. Have I, I guess Eastern Washington, I don't even know that I've sat outside of that game. I haven't sat in a, in the stands in the swamp this year and not been like, Ooh, how is this going to turn out late into the fourth quarter? So I don't expect anything different, right? If Florida comes out and wins by 20 points, I'll be shocked. Um, but I do think that they are more than capable of winning. I just think it's probably, you know, three points. Yeah, I think uh, I think LSU um, is a slightly better team. I think that's a fair statement. I think they I think they do. Re- I think it it is how they respond to last week. To yeah. me, is kind of what it comes down to. I think they're a slightly better team. Um, I think that Florida has, um, you know, really outside of that Utah game in the, in the last few minutes of the Tennessee game has has played down. Like, I don't think Kentucky's a very good team um, the way they've played the last couple of weeks. Like, Florida made Kentucky look better than they've looked all year. Um, you know, a lot of that was kind of like self-induced. I think Florida made USF look really, really good. I think that Florida kind of struggled with Missouri. And I think that LSU, if if they rebound well from the, from the Tennessee loss, I think they're slightly better. I think they find a way to, to win the game close – you know, yeah, I don't think it's a blowout either way. I mean, I could see either team like kind of with a garbage time touchdown to to put it out of reach. Mm-hmm. So I could see it going like, you know, 31 to 20 or something like that, LSU. But yeah, I think it's close for most of the game. But I don't know. I, you know, I could also see Florida finding a way to win this. Like, I think that if Anthony Richardson goes off and has a really, really good game, I think he'll be in great shape. The other thing is like he's got to stop turning the ball over. You know, like, you know, you can't lose the turnover battle in this game. You know, I mean, he had two on Saturday. He's got more interceptions than he has touchdowns right now. And that's got to be a thing that stops. Like, he, yeah. he cannot continue yeah. that pace of literally turning the ball over more than he scores it, right? You can't even be 50 50 because that's not good. But yeah, right. that, you know, lose the turnover battle against LSU. I mean, you're certainly not going to win. So, uh, quickly, Florida State against Clemson. I, I honestly don't have a lot of hope for this game. It is interesting to me that the line opened up at seven points, and it's all the way down to three and a half now. I said the same thing with NC State. I didn't know why that spread was getting so close, and then Saturday night we saw why the spread was so close. They literally should have won the game. So I don't think that the Vegas spread being close means that Florida State's about to win this or anything, but it's interesting to me that it's only three and a half points with an unranked Florida State taking on a top five Clemson team. Clemson's defensive line worries the heck out of me. I think that that, if it wasn't for that matchup, I might even get real crazy this weekend and call for an upset. I think that Florida State can have success defensively against Clemson. Florida State and Clemson have both played the same opponents the last three weeks, and Florida State's defense has given up almost half of the yardage per play that Clemson's given up. I think Florida State's defense is really good considering what they have been the last few years. 
I just don't think we can block their defensive line. And so I think it's going to limit us in the running game. I think it's going to limit what we can do in the passing game. And that'll end up being the difference. If they didn't have, you know, like if that matchup didn't exist, like if Florida State's offensive line was just a little better or Clemson's defensive line just wasn't so good, I think this would be kind of a coin flip-ish game because that matchup is so, so stark. To me, it's like the Florida State-Miami game last year where the defensive line just absolutely dominated the entire thing. Miami could never really get anything going because Florida State's defensive line was so good. And I kind of think that's what happens with Clemson this weekend. I do think it's close. I think the Knolls probably only lose by like a touchdown. So I do think they find a way to keep it close. I think Mike Norvell's done a really, really good job of that. Um, of over losing the last those close games, providing the moral victories for the – Keeping games closer that, than they should be. I yeah. think that, and I think that's why the – I think that's why the, the spread, spread is, is as low is. as it is, right? Um, Florida State shouldn't have lost to Clemson close last year. Florida State right. shouldn't have been in the game against NC State last year. Florida State shouldn't have been in the game against Notre Dame last year. But I do think the way that he schemes things and even even the way he schemed up, you know, the game against NC State, I think he put them in position to win if you don't throw, again, two interceptions in the last six minutes and have a punter run across the line. Yeah. So I, I think that – Is uh, Ward still out for this game? I mean, he's questionable. I'd be surprised if he played. Okay. Nothing broken, no surgery needed. But I would be a little bit surprised if he played. Okay. I think that factors into it too. But, yeah, I just – I think that they'll play well. I think they'll rebound well from NC State. I don't worry about really a carryover. That that really hasn't been an issue at, at FSU um, over the last you know year ish, year and a half or so. I I think that they'll play well, and Clemson's just a better team. Like they're you know like there's there's really not a lot more you could say right. than that. Do they have a chance at the upset? Sure, right. Like I think anybody has a chance any week. Um, Except for Florida upsetting anyone. Florida's definitely not upsetting uh, anyone. Is Georgia. that what you're mm-hmm. – okay. A&M's a possibility, but I don't think Florida has a snowball's chance against Georgia, just for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see, though. Maybe maybe you can revisit that, and they will beat Georgia. Don't, I wouldn't hang your hat on that, though. But, yeah, I, mean, I, I, think Clemson, not, but... I think Clemson ends up winning this game close. Uh, it just kind of is what it is. You're playing a top-five team. You're playing the – the best team on your schedule, you know, like, I don't know. Like somebody asked me right before we got on here, like, are you going to be upset if the team loses by three? I was like, well, I mean, you know, you, I think it depends on how you lose by three, right? If you lead the entire game and blow it in the end, like you did against NC state, I think you're going to be pretty upset at a missed opportunity. Yeah. If you play in a shootout with Clemson and you go back and forth and trade punch for punch, and they were just a little bit better than you at the end of the day. I mean, it's a top five team, you know, like you're supposed to lose this weekend, right? Like, I don't, you know, yeah, certainly not going to be happy, but if you end up losing this game close and you play really well in it, you're set up to go on a pretty good run at the end of the year. You know, like obviously you'd love a chance to steal one, but if you lose to Georgia by seven in Jacksonville, are you going to be shocked? Are you going to be that upset? I mean, no, I mean, if your team plays pretty well and they're just get beat by a better team, sometimes you get beat by a better team. Like that's just kind of what life is, right? So yeah. I don't know. I don't have a lot of hope for them to win this weekend. Hopefully I can be wrong on that. But again, they're they're playing a good team and they're probably going to lose because of it. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, speaking of losing, actually, let me shout out Brun Insurance now that we're this far into the podcast. And Allie's gotten me so heated over, um, you know, Napier being better than Dabo Sweeney that I uh, now need to shout out Greg Brunt. Brunt from Tallahassee to the Keys. Call Brunt Insurance, 954-589-2204. Whether you have a home, car, boat, motorcycle, RV, trailer, whatever you're needing insured, you can visit bruntinsurance.com. See if Greg and the team can help save you some money. Give them a call, 954-589-2204. If they can't save you money, he will tell you to stay with who you have currently. But I promise you that if you call him about your homeowner's insurance, your car insurance, whatever you, whatever you've got that needs to be insured, he can get you hooked up and get you taken care of. Both my home and uh, vehicles are insured through Brunt Insurance. So give Greg a call. Again, 954-589-2204. Speaking of losing, you had a rough week um, on the picks last week. <coughs> you, had wow. cut it to, you had cut it to one game, and uh, that my lead has been extended again. So 
You're going to need a rebound this week. We'll go over them real quick. Both of us missed the LSU one. Didn't even get close there. Yeah. Uh, you got TCU over Can. Actually, what was the spread on that game? Maybe you didn't. What was the spread on T or what was the uh, final score on TCU Kansas? Do you know? Uh, no, but I can Google it for you. What I'm was the spread? The spread was seven. Uh, 38 31. All right. So we pushed there. So neither of us got a point, which that's good for me because I gave you the point. So let me take your point away real quick and say neither. And that means I get to take a loss away from me. And I'm sorry to do this, but it went away from you. So either of us got that right or wrong, I guess. You got UMass wrong. You went against Liberty and actually got this correct. It's the so. first time I've ever done that. I clearly Lord, should not ever. The Lord's upset with you. But you did get it right, so is what it is. Um, I got UCLA over Utah. Utah takes another loss. It does suck. I feel like loss, yeah. Yeah, they play USC this weekend too, so it could be a third one coming up. But um, Utah takes another loss. They're dwindling in the rankings. They need to keep winning so that so that you guys keep that ranked win. But uh, they take a loss. Uh, I took BYU. Um, you took Notre Dame. You got that one right. Um, I took, we both took Alabama, obviously did not get that one correct. No. Um, I took Florida State, you took NC State, I covered there, and I took Missouri, you took Florida, and I covered there as well. So for the week, yeah, I went three and four, you went two and five. So not terrible. I mean, both terrible, but just not far apart from each other. Now, but your your lead is is dwindling. So, um, or I'm sorry, the lead like how you were getting close, right, is now not so much anymore. Um, I'm 25 and 19. You are 23 and 21. So two games back now. No. Florida right, State. Well- Florida State's a three and a half dog to Clemson this weekend. I think Clemson covers here. Me too. Give me Clemson. Penn State is a seven-point underdog at Michigan. I think Michigan covers this. Uh, I'll take Penn State. Alabama is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite at Tennessee. I hate to do it, but give me the Vols. <sighs> I know. I, give me the Vols, too. <sighs> I think they win that game. I think they could. I just think seven <laughs> points is a lot. I, I Listen, third Saturday in October is always a fave of mine. I am so Super excited uh, for this weekend slate of games. Kind of annoyed I have a gymnastics meet right in the middle of it. But there's there's some good football, and that is going to be the game. I'm glad that it's at 3.30 because we can watch it the whole yeah. time of the tailgate and then go into the game. So I'll be watching it on an iPad as we fly to Gainesville Ooh, just in time. Yeah. Well, the girls have a – they compete at 2.30. Awards aren't even until 4.30. And then I'm literally going to, like, kick them out of the car to our house to the sitter and keep driving to Gainesville so that I can – walk directly into the stadium for kickoff have mm. kids they said that's too much work um tcu is a four point favorite against oklahoma state mm. made you go first this time i'll take tcu i'll take oklahoma state um q's is a three and a half point favorite against NC State. Wait, who did you say? Syracuse. Oh, Syracuse. Okay, Syracuse is is three and a half against NC State. You said. Yeah, I'll take the Wolf back here. I know they're down their quarterback, but I'll still take them. Um, I'll take Syracuse. Utah is a three and a half point favorite against Lincoln Riley and the boys from USC. Ooh. I'll take USC. I'll take to USC. The spread. I'll take USC. That's interesting that they're they're favored. LSU is a two and a half point favorite against Florida. I will take the Tigers. I thought LSU or Florida is a two and a half point favorite over LSU. That's what I meant. Florida is a two and a half point favorite over LSU. I'll take Florida. All right. So next week when we get to recap those, I will extend my lead. 
Um, next week will be a bye week for us. I feel like I need that. Oh, it's a bye week for you guys too. It is. Yes. That sucks. It's pig jig. Can I get an invite to that just once in my life? I've known you for how many years now? <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Never <laughs> any advice for that. Um, is that on Saturday or Sunday? It's on Saturday. Okay. Well, I'm free. So I don't need an invite for five people. They can figure out their own day. I just need for one. <laughs> but I like Sarah better than you. So. I'll, bring, I'll bring Elena. That'll be my <laughs> I do like you. her too. So, I actually like a lot of people in your house better than I like you. Ditto. Uh, Uh, I have to tell you, Hayden's. I'd say it'd be about five people that I like more. Sorry, go ahead. All right. So Hayden has a Halloween joke that she tells Eric this morning on the way to school. And he's Mm. like, okay, listen, it's funny, but you are not allowed to say that at school at all. And so she's like, okay. She takes it very seriously. But her, so her joke is, um, why does the monster, why do monsters not eat ghosts? I don't know why. Because they taste like sheet. Oh, <laughs> uh, did he get mad? He didn't get mad. No, he, he didn't get mad because she said sheets. And, said, and he laughed. And like, I don't know where she heard it, but I was That's okay. next level. You're, you're funny, really but good. definitely don't say that at school. But you are. Funny. I have a story that I have to tell you as soon as we get off here. But all right, we'll be back next week again. Thank you to Brun Insurance. You guys go check them out. Honestly, you know, as much as we joke and fool around and stuff like that, but. I mean, they really will save you some money on your car insurance. And Greg's a good guy, even though he's a Gator fan. So give him a call today. Appreciate their support. I'll be back next week. See if either team can pull off the upset this weekend. Um, I'm going to keep calling an upset just to upset you more. Um, well, great. So then if we win, I get to bask in the glory of an upset. Perfect. And if you lose. I get to say it was an upset, TJ. It wasn't happening. If they you were lose, the we're going to talk about the Vegas spread and say it's unacceptable for Florida to lose this game. Uh, we'll be back next week on Tuesday. Anyway, Thank you guys for hanging out. Remember that Billy Napier is better than Dabo Sweeney. Go Knowles. Go Gators.